Hello and welcome to Earth Calling. We're your hosts, Ed and Laszlo. Every week we bring you a fresh slice of online content, sorting through the likes, the memes, the insta-queens, the swipes, the scrolls, and the Twitter trolls. Together, we're laying down our 21st century digital legacy. So sit back, relax, and buckle in. This is Earth Calling. Hello, Earth Callers. Welcome back to another episode of Earth Calling. Lovely to be with you again on this fine day. Ed, how is your Saturday going? How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. It's actually, I'll correct you, Friday. Um, it's Easter Friday, oh, but okay. <laughs> no biggie. I, I'm doing really well. It is extremely sunny at the moment. So I've shut my curtains to get the filming quality up. I'm cocooned in my flat and having a great time. I'm a little bit hungover. Oh, um, played a bit oh, of poker last ice. night. And, poker. Uh, yeah, had a few beers. How COVID compliant, of course. Um, yes, mask on. Strictly. Good, good for the good good for the poker face the the mask being on isn't it absolutely exactly and yeah I, i'm doing very well how are you how's berlin how is berlin yeah berlin is good yeah i'm good i i i'm also nursing a hangover i just just came off the back of a a very large artichoke and mushroom pizza don't want to mm. brag although i'm feeling um pretty lethargic but excited to be with with uh, our community, <laughs> our ever burgeoning community of uh, podcast listeners. Yes, we hit uh, we hit two thousand listens uh, quite recently, which is, if you think about it, about a thousand hours of listening. Now, I don't know. They talk about ten thousand hours to master a skill. What I don't know what you could. What what is the collective use of humanity's time that we could have put to a different task? We could have got them to listen to lord of the rings probably yes 300 times is that right my my main question is what's the skill that that they're gonna pick up (laughs) you know after ten thousand hours of this podcast i'm not quite sure what you've got to show for it well we you know we bring levity to people's lives we also have educational elements some people get in touch and say i'm really glad that you talked me through um x y and z because i had no idea and as we delve Uh, some people say i had i had no idea this app was founded in silicon valley thank (laughs) you for for enlightening me yeah and as we delve even more into the niche corners of the internet i think people people do learn stuff so we're very grateful of course for everybody tuning in and what are we discussing today laszlo what's on the chopping block Yes, well, the continuation of this education, let's say, of our listeners is Twitch, which is a platform for video streaming, known for particularly gamers and gamers kind of with their, yeah, oh, dabbing. Um, you'll have to see the video for that one, but, but Ed and I, I just, just dabbed twitching. to each other. Yeah, twi- oh, you were twitching, got it. Yeah. Yeah, so Twitch is this video streaming platform, very popular for gamers who have big communities of, of people who basically tune in to, to watch them play all sorts of games. Ed, maybe you could tell us as usual a bit about the founding story. So Twitch, as you say, is a video live streaming platform, which essentially allows people to broadcast whatever they're doing live. And it's become extremely popular in the esports community, EA Sports. 
in the game and allows people to broadcast themselves playing video games or cooking or chatting, doing whatever the hell they want. And in terms of how it was founded, it was, of course, founded in San Francisco and it was founded by a guy called Justin Can. And initially, he founded a website called Justin.tv, which was a little bit solipsistic, perhaps. Yeah, tiny bit self-indulgent. Yeah. Uh, all right, Justin. And he basically wanted to create a Big Brother-style site that would allow people to live stream their daily lives. And in fact, he pioneered this practice of, of life casting, which is the idea that you stream your life around the clock. And this became more and more popular as the price of webcams and broadband plummeted. He actually started um, Justin.tv way back in 2006. And if you think about what the internet was like back then, it was a pretty difficult proposition because the internet just wasn't good enough. However, over the years, what he realized was out of all of his categories that he had, the video gaming category was growing faster and faster than any of the others. And it got to a point where he had millions and millions of people tuning in and he decided to spin out the video gaming section and create a new company called Twitch. And this grew and grew and essentially got to the point where Amazon took a look at it and thought, wow, this is extremely impressive. There's a huge amount of people using it. And they actually bought it in 2014 for $970 million, which is, you know, it's a lot of money, nearly a billion, you might say. And, um, <laughs> and it, it, it's uh, gone from strength to strength. It now has, you know, tens of millions of uh, active users, something like the average person on it spends more than 20 hours a week watching videos, which is kind of insane, really. three hours a day, day in, day out. And it accounts for um, 2% of peak internet traffic, which is, you know, just behind Netflix, Apple and Google. So this is actually, I was surprised by some of these numbers, right? And I think that many people listening may have never have heard of Twitch, but have realized now quite how big it is. But it's phenomenally successful and takes up an increasing amount of young people's time online. But Laszlo, you took a look. What did you find when you signed up and, and created an account? Yeah, so I mean, the first thing I'll say is that I actually was a Twitch user before this episode. Of course, uh, and, you were. <laughs> you bloody Twitcher. If you, By the way, as an you, aside, Laszlo actually has a Twitch, um, which is great. He sort of does a, it's almost like he's like a Pez dispenser. He'll kind of raise his head um, and kind of click his neck Oh, back. you yeah. mean a, a physical Twitch? I think you meant a Twitch account. I no, see. no, physical Twitch. Yeah, yeah. Ed, Ed has referred to me as the Pez dispenser in the past. Uh, never, <laughs> a nick, never a nickname I was particularly happy with, but um, <laughs> um, yes. But anyway, so I was a Twitch user even before the research for this episode. And uh, I don't know if this is embarrassing or not. I guess I'll let you decide. But I have got quite deep into the world of online chess, chess streaming. Yes, of course. Online chess, which you might not be surprised at if you've uh, tuned in for our YouTube episode where Ed guesses my top recommended videos, one of which yes. is a, a video about chess. I'm quite into chess. Ironic seeing as I'm really not very good at all. But in any case, I am very, very familiar with the chess personalities on Twitch. So if you imagine you tune, in, tune into a stream and mm. you've got this chess grandmaster who's basically playing a game online, streaming it, you know, sharing their screen. Mm -hmm. And there's 20,000 people watching and he's just commenting on what he's doing. So to give you a, a concrete example, there's a grandmaster called Hikaru Nakamura, who is mm. one of Hikaru the Nakamura. He's American. Oh, Hikaru Nakamura. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Thank you. Oh. Uh, he's American, and he is one of the best speed chess players in the world. Mm. So it's very amusing. What, sorry, what is speed chess? That sounds like that's almost an oxymoron. It's like referring to a fast snail. I mean, so so there's classical chess, which is basically untimed chess, where you can think about mm-hmm. your moves as long as you want to. Got and it. blitz, blitz, and rapid chess are formats where basically you've got a time limit, so you have to kind of slap the timer down. You've got mm. ten minutes running off your clock, and you alternate with the player to you know. It's frantic. Very frantic. So this guy is incredibly quick at processing different moves that you, you could do and not going into any details, but just to, to let you know, as a chess layman myself, it is virtually impossible to follow anything he's saying, which mm. begs the question, why on earth am I watching this stream? Because yeah. he's, just, he's, he's just literally sitting there being like, I mean, yeah, I could go knight e4, but he's always got king d3. So I'm thinking I can move my bishop to c5, but like the h file is open and the rook could just cruise on up there. So I'm, I'm actually <laughs> going to just probably castle first, long castle, and let the queen do the talking. And I'm just sitting there kind of like, I'm well, just ma'am, like, thank you, ma'am. QED, <laughs> quad errant demonstrandum. But I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking, what, why don't you just move your pawn? Just yeah. move your move your pawn forward. Just yeah. so you know, on the first move, you can actually put your pawn forward two spaces. I like <laughs> exactly. that. That's, that's Hikaru, about as far as I got the with double, chess. Do yeah. the double hop. But yeah. but one question here is: so he's commenting live. Yeah. Can it not be a bit of a competitive advantage for the person he's playing to tune into his Twitch and be like, "Ah, oh, okay, I know what he's doing," or is that against the spirit of the game? He's 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 he's, he's sort of going. He's showing you behind the veil. Well, the thing is that everything's happening so quickly in these blitz games that mm. the opponent simply doesn't have time to process what Hikaru could potentially do and then mm-hmm. react to it. So, you know, I, I guess there is that element. And online chess tournaments now are being very strictly regulated. And yeah, I do know a, a disgusting amount about the online chess regulations. But And how does it... Uh, talk me through this, because I had a look at as well, which we'll talk about. But in terms of the community, how does it actually work on Twitch? Explain to us... So you've got yep. a certain number of people viewing live and presumably it tells you how many are watching. And then what's the interface? So imagine you've got this, this box where Hikaru has got his chessboard. He's talking about the game. You know, mm. you can see him in the corner. And then on the right, simply you've just got a chat and the mm-hmm. community is all in the chat. And that's mm-hmm. where things get very chaotic because you've got mm. chat people in the chat being like, move your bishop, move your fucking bishop. And, Hikaru's, <laughs> and Hikaru, who is one of the best chess players in the world and obviously knows what to do. He's just like, Guys, can you just like chill out, please? Like, I'm not going to think I know what I'm doing. He's got, I think because he's got Queen B two. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he basically it's it's a constant hilarious dialogue between Hikaru and the chat, where the chat thinks they know better, and Hikaru's just like, mm. "Come on, guys, shut up." Do you occasionally dive into the chat? So I I haven't yet participated in the chat. I think I I'm very much a, a kind of backseat driver. You're a watcher. Case, so. Or mm. let's say a backseat passenger. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, not driving drive. at all, mate. You're <laughs> sitting in the back driving. with your headphones in thinking, hmm, yeah. are we there yet? Yeah. yeah. I spy with my little eyes, something beginning with H. Hikaru. <laughs> the, the funny thing, the funny thing that, oh, Hikari was there. Mm. The funny thing <laughs> is that Hikari is engaging with this chat almost as if it's kind of one entity together. So mm. he refers to them as chat. It's like his friend. He's like, <laughs> he's like, chat, can you not please chat? Like I'm not in the mood. Or oh, he'll be like, God, yeah. he'll be like, chat, that's pretty funny. Like chat, that's pretty funny. 
But so what, one thing that I think is quite interesting about just the revenue models and the way that this business works and the relationship between content creator and content consumer is that you can actually, I think, give loot or something, can't you? You can basically give money to the creators that you like, and you can also send money through to ensure that your chat has been highlighted. So you can do the same on YouTube Live, whereby you pay money to do a top chat, which means that Hikaru will be more likely to respond to it because it gets highlighted and dragged out of the mess of people shouting you know bishop e4 or whatever which is quite interesting if you think about yeah. it just in terms of how you how you monetize your content exactly exactly so one of the amusing things about twitch is that if you give a donation if you pay hikaru mm. some money which you can do at any point like a five dollar donation you have the privilege to do what's known as tts text to speech so oh, you yeah. write your text you write your text and the text appears on the guy's uh, window so everyone can see it and then the you know automated google voice or whatever yeah. will, will read out the text so often people just like put in quite funny messages i remember one of them for example was um have you ever heard a water sprinkler it goes and then they put the, the letters ch like 50 times so it Amazing. goes have you ever heard a water sprinkler it goes and Hikaru has to sit through this 30 second clip and he's just he's not amused he's like chat come on guys like thanks for the donation but like <laughs> sh- 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 shut up sh- sh- shut the hell up this isn't the king's speech and another thing that's quite funny as well is that Hikaru obviously feels obliged or I think just out of politeness he has to acknowledge every single one of the donations that comes comes in mm. so half half the stream he's actually just saying thank you unicorn for the five g- gifted <laughs> subs thank you edward for the six gifted subs thank you thief for the-. and you know it's just very very funny and also you know sometimes people have a funny username so he has to say thank you very much slut dildos for three for oh. the donation oh. yeah. have you ever given a donation no i haven't i haven't um that was not my username i was gonna say (laughs) oh brilliant yeah it's it's uh it's a wild world out there in the chess community but there's there's chess i think is a bit of a niche section even on twitch so not only is it a niche platform but you yourself have bucked the trend as always alternative laszlo has not gone for the video games you've actually found yourself a nice little chess community how many people tune into these vids so you, you say that, but just to conclude this, you know, chat about the chess community, chess has undergone, thanks to Twitch, mm. an enormous revival and if not injection of new energy and interest. And the Queen's Gambit, of course. Exactly. Thanks to the Queen's Gambit and mm. thanks to the pandemic where, you know, people have to do something indoors. Mm. They choose chess and obviously this enormous viral sensation of a, of a show came out. So um, now what you're getting is actually mainstream video gamers are now doing like an hour or two session a week on chess wow so there's a huge a huge streamer who does all sorts of games called xqc he's one of the biggest streamers in the world he's a canadian guy and he has recently partnered with hikaru to to give a stream on chess and it's actually really cool because chess is a totally different game to the ones that you know they usually play it's it's much more obviously intellectual it requires mm. much more mental processing well hang on mate i mean ETA. have you have you played league of legends i mean it's not that it's just <laughs> it's pretty intellectually demanding come on it, it, it is is it chopping down that wood yeah exactly yeah. which leads us nicely onto what i looked into on twitch was of course slightly more in the mainstream the mainstream which was video gaming and i was just really keen to get a sense of what these games are how many people are watching them and what the whole deal is and 
I decided to tune in to day seven of the One Esports Dota 2 Singapore Major Playoffs, which <laughs> was one of the top streamed uh, events when I was doing my preparation. And All right, let's I go was... back to the start. What is Dota? Okay, so Dota, I think, stands for Defense of the Ancients. And it is this strange, massive multiplayer online role-play game. Um, oh, you mean Morpg? Yes, exactly. A Morpg, which essentially means that you've got a load of people around the world who control a bunch of orcs and fairies and knights. I'm sure anybody who's ever played this game is literally sitting there cringing, thinking, that, no, that's not what it's called. I'm probably getting all of the terms wrong. You're and I totally misrepresenting Dota players. Okay, sorry. Worldwide. They're probably like, dude, you got it completely wrong. Are you kidding me? So, sorry, Dota 2 fans, and there are a lot of you, as I now know. But yes, it seems to be this fantasy world where people go around completing tasks and fighting other people and leveling up their characters which is obviously a big part of it it's a bit like world of warcraft which i think was one of the original massive multiplayer online roleplay games anyway yes. so i dialed into this playoff which is this big tournament and it was being commentated and i was just completely bemused because i guess i shouldn't have been bemused it's exactly what you'd expect but it was as if i was listening to a, a football match commentary and i'm just going to actually play a little clip of what I was listening to so that you can all get a sense of what this is like. I am disproportionately excited for this. Get ready. Yeah. One day, one desire. No, I was trying, trying, trying to do a sort of trailer for it. Um, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Dota playoffs here live from Singapore. Well, live from around the world. But anyway, here's the recording. Just not what you want to be up against if you're Virtus Pro. 10 minutes in, I'm, he is rolling. And this is just a poor situation for Virtus Pro to be in. How do they alleviate this situation? They have to go after the troll, right? They have to go after the troll. They do, yes. Like, this troll is farming a little bit too fast, out of control here. Like, looks like he will at this time. Maybe even faster. He already has the second last component, just needs a voice stone. He might be able to just snowball out of control here again. Just needs to get his voice stone and control that troll. Um, so, I mean, completely extraordinary. And as I said, like, it, it reminds you of, of a football match, but it's just about trolls and wizards. And the wizard up the left flank of the field, you know, and it's a goal. Completely bizarre. It, it, I mean, but there's a lot at stake, isn't there, in these tournaments? The, mm, the, pri oh, yeah. the prize money is crazy. No, it's insane. So, yeah, and, and I'm very glad that you raised that because... I then thought, well, fine, how big is this really? Like, what are, what are the stakes at play? And firstly, I got a bit of a sense of the scale because there were 86,000 people watching this live a day ago when I was looking into it. And secondly, I then looked up some of these tournaments and they play in huge arenas. So if you imagine like a football stadium, they will have a football stadium full of people and a big central grandstand where they have all these screens and all these guys and girls playing. And I wanted to work out what the kind of prize money is. And it turns out that Dota 2, this game that I was referring to, actually has the largest prize cash for first place in the world. You have other games like Fortnite, which is extremely popular among young people. Many, many listeners have probably heard of it. But Dota 2, guess what the prize money is for Dota 2 if you're the best Dota 2 player uh, in the world? But presumably, so presumably it's split between the team, right? The team gets the... 
Yeah, money? but I think I don't know how many Dota players are on a team. Okay, I don't okay, okay, sure. But okay, for, money. Con- for context, right? So um, if you win, if you win the US Open, right? So a Grand Slam tennis tournament, you win the final, you get three point seven million dollars. Okay, so, so I'm going to guess for Dota. I mean, I'm I'm actually scared to 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 hear the actual figure, but I'm going to say you get roughly the same three million. Yeah, so you actually get thirty-four million. <laughs> oh my giddy aunt! That yeah, is your aunt is giddy. My, I'm I'm giddy. The aunt's giddy. Oh wow, thirty-four million. Yeah, and if you think about, we're in the wrong we're in the wrong bloody game, aren't we? I mean, this is just. <laughs> About to say, uh, sh- should I register the Twitch account or do you want to? Who's gonna, who's gonna say that? But it's insane, isn't it? So yeah, they have these huge stadiums or huge stadia, and they play for millions of dollars. And the craziest thing of, of all, really, in some ways, is the age of these people. Because if you think about it, they're actually at their peak when they're in their late teens, and. You know, so you have these 16-year-olds who are winning $30 million and there's this huge industry around it. It's growing ever more popular and kids are spending more and more time online. So all of the tailwinds are there. But the interesting thing as well is that unlike a, a traditional athletic sport or, you know, football, rugby, running, you probably peak in your mid to late 20s. With this stuff, because it's all to do with the speed of your reactions, by the way, that's why it's called Twitch, because of Twitch gaming and it's all to do with the speed of your reactions. Yeah. You know, you you see this sad phenomenon where some of these big time gamers are already burnt out by the time they hit 22. <laughs> you know, they, they, they have retired. to go into the commentating. I, I have actually, I have heard about that. And I, I saw this this short BBC expose on this huge uh, gamer from the, from Denmark, I think. Like a 24-year-old guy who's considered like way beyond his prime. Yeah, and it's just they, crazy. They were filming him because they were showing the fruits of his prize money, which is this enormous mansion he's built for himself and his his <laughs> team in, in uh, I think it's maybe Call of Duty that he plays or it's a, it's a kind of, you know, shoot shooting game first. Mm. What do they call it? FPS first, first person shooter. shooter. Yeah, yeah, first person shooter. And uh, firstly, that this this house is ridiculous. You know, the, the, the what what he can uh, buy off the back of of his career, but also you know, forming his new team. You're seeing these kind of like spotty sixteen year olds yeah. sitting around tables in the in the in the practice room, and and they are the the heroes, I guess, of of the the they the are. So community. you know you. you if you fast forward 20 years or 10 years, even the, the, the poster pinups in everyone's rooms will, won't be Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi and whatever. It'll be kind of some 16 year old spotty teenager who's extremely dexterous and has got bloody quick trigger finger. Yeah. And it's funny because they, they're all referred to by their gaming names, of course. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's never like Andrew Fields. It's always like sharpshooter 906. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I am I am just fascinated by it because it is the future and I, I just wonder whether there's any way that we can get in on it maybe maybe we should you know in our kind of ever burgeoning quest for uh, abilities to interact with more content platforms perhaps we should do a twitch a live stream a bit like our clubhouse uh, which was of course a rip roaring success <laughs> maybe we should do a live stream on twitch where we just chat because there are actually there is a category called just chatting which yes which could be quite fun maybe we should do that and you can you can sort of review youtube videos or just just chew the fat really and see definitely see who turns up 
I, I would be up for that. And I would also be up for potentially adopting some kind of game. But of mm. course, the main question in my mind is, what is your experience with games? Yes. And this leads very nicely oh. on to... Lazlo's Something yeah. exactly. Thank yeah, you. Lazlo's Listicles. I, I don't actually know exactly what installment it is of Lazlo's Listicles. But yes, for this week, Ed, I wanted to put your knowledge of video games to the test. Mm. Would you like to hear the format of my listicles? Sure. I mean, I'm not a gamer myself, although I am, I'd say I'm relatively au fait with some games. But uh, okay. yeah, I had, I had a PS2, I had a PS3. I had a game. I had a Game Boy actually. I had one of the first Game Boys, um, black and white. It was like a Pokemon. Brick. I played a lot of Pokemon. Yeah, I completed Pokemon Ruby with the help of my brother who had Pokemon right. Sapphire. Okay, it's kind of two two player game, is it? Uh, no, when well, yeah, you you get different Pokemon <laughs> in different games. You got to trade them. It, it was wonderful. Oh, I mean, okay. uh, tracking down that final Pokemon, bloody hell! I think it was called Latios or Latias. I mean, it took a you know how time I pumped into that game. And then you catch all the Pokemon and you go to the boss, you know, Professor Oak or whatever he's called, Professor L. Yeah. And you go, look, mate, I've caught all the Pokemon. And I thought that my game was going to sort of explode or I was going to get some cash or that I don't know what I thought was going to happen. A whole world would open up. And he just goes, congratulations, Ed. And I thought, Professor, I mean, <laughs> this just does not <laughs> cut the mustard. Professor, I'm not quite sure you know the journey I've been on to get to this point. <laughs> um Okay, well, that's good. So you've got actually quite a good foundation then. Uh, I'll explain the way that this is going to work, this listicle. Again, you know, I've got to preface this by saying that ultimately I've been very flexible with the listicle theme. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to name two, there's three rounds. I'm going to name two different video games. One of them is a real video game. The next one is totally made up by mm, me. Nice, okay, got it. And I want you to tell me which is the real one and which is the fake one. Got it, let's go. Okay. So, uh, you know, maximum score is three, and we'll start with question one. So question one is, these are two, the, the two games, mm-hmm. Valorant mm-hmm. or Jungle Fever? Ooh, okay. Uh, neither of those ring any bells. Jungle Fever sounds rather like one of the cocktails that you might have had back in, uh, back in your Caribbean days, um, or a, a deadly disease that you would contract from a piranha in the Amazon. Um, yes, Valorant, that sounds, is that, is that something to do with ants, Ant-Man? Okay, I'm going to guess that the real one out of those two is Valorant. That is correct. Good. That is correct. Very By the way, good, are these yeah. famous games or are you just, are you yes. just like, really? No, these wow. are very famous. This is one of the top streamed games on Twitch. In fact, it's a free to play hero shooter developed and published by Riot Games. Amazing. It's basically all about guns. <laughs> oh. um, okay. Very good. One out of one. Maybe that's too easy. Here we go. Game two. Big Tuna Hunt or Egg Celerate? accelerate i can imagine that being a sort of a a rather more precarious version of mario kart where you know if you go around the corner too fast (laughs) egg breaks and it's game over Um, maybe you know in like dads on on, on dads on their kids sports days doing the old egg run the old egg Egg and spoon spoon, yeah yeah so what was the first one big tuna hunt big tuna hunt i'm pretty sure that i've heard of big tuna hunt so I'm going to say that Big Tuna Hunt is the correct one. 
<laughs> I'd be very, very curious to hear where you heard about Big Tuna Hunt because that is absolutely fictional. That Damn is it. incredible. Oh, maybe I, th- maybe I think it's more you deeply maybe, desired that game. Maybe I've heard of like Big Deer Hunt or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, okay, exactly fine. Yes. Damn it. Okay, so so what? So talk me through what Accelerate actually is then. So Accelerate is a silly yet challenging time trial racing game where you try over and over again to improve your time without dropping an egg. So basically you're driving with an egg on your vehicle and oh, you right, okay. have to not drop it. Yeah. So, so basically similar. what I said. Yeah. Exactly. Nice. Okay, but I'm afraid you went for the tuna in the end. So uh it's one for I love two. I, I do like tuna. I, I I'm quite into tuna nigiri. Lovely. Delicious. Are you you're pescatarian? No, you yeah, you're pesky. Yeah, yeah love the love the tuna. Yeah. Love so the tuna nigiri. of course has different grades. Um with the fattiest being the most prized for its flavor. Uh, I'm actually a fan of the um, lower grade. I don't know why the fuck I'm talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that's a real, that's a real treat for our listeners. Yeah. Uh, just, just to fuck repeat, me. Ed is a fan of the low grade tuna meat <laughs> cuts. So if you take anything away from this episode, it is that. Right. So one from two and the final round, the two games are World of Goo versus Freud's Dungeon. Oh, nice. Okay, that's a good one. World of Goo versus Freud's Dungeon. So World of Goo makes me think of Flubber. Do you remember Flubber? What a great film. That sort of uh, green goo. That was brilliant. Maybe it's something to do with that. or And Freud's Dungeon. I mean, that makes me think all sorts of terrible things he was a pretty weird dude wasn't he freud yeah didn't he give all of his patients drugs and then told them that they wanted to sleep with their mothers is that i think he said he said a lot of things to his his patients involving mothers yeah (laughs) and and fathers he probably did have a dungeon okay so tricky i honestly have no idea but I'm going to go with Freud's Dungeon because it's it's a bit weird. Like I, I'd be surprised if you'd come up with that. Um, I'd be, yeah, concerned maybe even. Well, I have hoodwinked you. Yeah, uh, oh. I made that up. You made it's that up. The, yeah. well, okay. It's World of well, Goo. Yeah. I don't know what that says about you, but okay. So what's World of Goo then? Yeah, it's, it's, I've, I've been down to the dungeon. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a survivor of the, of the dungeon. Yeah, World of Goo is uh, it's a game where the player has, has to use small balls of goo to create bridges and similar structures over chasms and obstacles to help other goobles reach a goal point. God, that sounds a bit convoluted. What with the, the challenge, hell is that? With, with the challenge to use as few goobles as possible to build this structure. So well, This is a big game, on twitch it's not exactly an elevator pitch is it no you're talking to you're talking to the ceo of the games company it's like hey martin i've only got a minute of your time but basically okay listen up so world of goo you're a player you got to use small balls of goo to create bridges and similar structures over chasms and obstacles to help other goo balls reach a goal point with a challenge to use as few goo balls as possible to build this structure are you in when can you start monday um (laughs) no that that's really uncompelling i just basically in my head have a gooey bridge maybe that is what it is yeah i suppose if you think about it candy crush is pretty uncompelling angry birds pretty uncompelling were you an angry birds fan true i i, I did go through an angry birds f- phase yeah I mean, I, ironically i it, it ended up being more angry laslo you know, oh. than uh, than angry birds just yeah. quite frustrating game 
Well, I think we've, you know, we've looked at a, a good range of Twitch related content in this world of live video streaming. I think in particular for the aliens, you know, for whom we're basically making this show, mm. the, the aliens who stumble upon a hard drive and get to see all of this interesting 21st century content, they're going to be really thinking, what the bloody hell happened to TV? You know, yeah. they've landed on this planet. They think, what, what happened to TV? Well, luckily, we've got this episode to, to show them how there's been this in- incredible transition from mm-hmm. traditional boxes, which, you, you know, had live kind of channels to this world where you can tune in anytime, anywhere to any content. Anything. Anything. Big yeah. tuna hunt. Goobles. but i think again yeah exactly and they'll probably be fascinated by if they are to delve into this episode and if they are to look at the wider reaction to the initial proliferation of gaming as a sport esports i think they'll be surprised at how kind of negative and poo-pooing people have been of it because you know, ultimately it boils down to people want to watch other people be really good at stuff that they find entertaining. And back in the day, it was your gladiators chopping each other's heads off, you know, Maximus Decimus in the ring. It was your, uh, what else was there? Spartans probably frolicking, um, oiled up wrestling. I don't know. And then oiled, oiled Spartans. Yep. Yeah. And then you get to a point where somebody is lobbing about a sheep's bladder and then someone picks it up and runs with it. And then you get rugby. That's not how it was founded um, at all. But I think there's some kind of bladder somewhere to do with football. Uh, And then, you know, it it got to a point where people moved their lives online and people were able to talk to people all over the world and they started watching it and paying for it. And it's kind of the same. And, you know, I know that a lot of people think it's super sad that everyone's just inside watching esports. And it is sad in some ways. I mean, get outside, kids. Uh, Sun's out. But, um, But I find it pretty pretty kind of self-explanatory as to why it's become such a big thing and why it will continue to be a thing. Absolutely. And I think the Goobles in particular will really um, just remind <laughs> the aliens, the aliens of home. <laughs> you know, they'll see the Goobles that, whoa, they've got Goobles on Earth. Yeah. Fred, is that you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, I think that is all we've got time for. As ever, folks, please do give us a download on Spotify and a like, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Do slide on over to our Instagram where you can find us at earth underscore calling underscore pod for bonus content. And if you want to get in touch about anything, any feedback, we are all ears. Well, we're not. We are not. Yeah, we're listening. Yeah, we're we're not ears. Yes, and as always, please do tune in next week when we will be heading on to the trendiest topic in modern tech, which is, of course, the world of blockchain and Mm. cryptocurrency, which I will now introduce in the following terms, not knowing much about it myself. Plug (laughs) in your Bitcoin, charge up those cryptos, and (laughs) join us when we will find out more specific details (laughs) about this world with Ed's help next week. But for now, Earth out.